posthumous albums have always been a thing in the music industry and given the losses that hip-hop has suffered over the last couple of years they've become a lot more commonplace welcome to the bar for bar podcast and this week i'm talking about posthumous albums and whether or not they're cash grabs so first off i did talk about this a couple years ago um in december 2019 when or just shortly after the passing of juice world and just kind of touched on how other artists who passed away like Lil peep and xxx like how their music was handled so i'm going to talk about kind of reiterate that point a little bit first but the main reason that this topic has even come up again for me is the news that mad villainy is or mad villainy 2 that is is 85 percent done if you've checked out the weekly you know that peanut butter wolf who is the i think ceo or founder of stone's throw i forget now has he basically said that for years mad villainy 2 has been about 85 percent done and he has permission to release it whenever it's whenever he feels ready basically uh as of right now there are 11 tracks done and you know there's obviously more that i'm sure doom wanted to put onto it which is why he kept saying oh wait no it's not ready yet it's only 85 percent done that's fine that's totally understandable and I hope that they treat it well. Um, with a lot of other posthumous albums, there's been concerns, you could say. So, most notably, we've gotten releases from XXX after he's passed away. Um, he passed away back in 2017, I believe it was. Or 2018, sorry. Um, but shortly after, they dropped two more projects from him one titled skins and the other one bad vibes forever both of which have been pretty pretty hated on because they really were just cash grabs x himself didn't actually have that many completed songs to actually you know put out so everyone was like why is he only got one verse and why are half these songs only a minute long well, probably because he didn't actually finish the music and whoever's handling his affairs now is just trying to get as much money from it as possible. That's one possibility. Uh, another possibility is just... I mean, the ideal possibility is that whoever's handling his affairs is like, oh, his fans really loved him and adored him. I should probably put out as much pro- music from him as possible. Uh, yeah, well, however you want to handle that, sure. Another aspect of it uh could just be that he still had a record deal that needed to be fulfilled and that also kind of goes to show that some record deals are super shitty and they don't care if you die you still don't put out music another artist who had recently like in uh yeah around the same time actually passed away it was Lil Peep he'd passed away in 2017 and his last project um like after he passed away was Come Over When You're Sober Part 2, as well as the compilation, Everybody's Everything. Now, I, ha- I didn't really listen to Little People that much either, but from what I've heard, the other projects that released after his passing were actually in really good taste and kind of followed what Little People was about. So that's dope. And this in itself can kind of goes to show that there are two different ways that the music can be handled. You can have music that gets released after someone passes away 
and have it be just really solid and following the same sort of themes and ideas that they are well known for. And on the other hand, you have all these random Lucy's and verses that weren't really meant to be anywhere or maybe the artist had a plan for it, but they weren't able to get to it because they had passed away. But now you have someone who's just kind of associated with them putting out their music. To me, I'm not a huge fan of that sort of thought process, you could say. Um, Another one that's actually done pretty well, I'd say, was Juice World's album. Um, What was it? Legends Never Die. When Legends Never Die came out, it was actually really well done, in my opinion, because it sounded like a Juice World album. There were really no complaints for me. And it really does sound like whoever's handling Juice World's estate and affairs now is, you know, they have his best interests in mind. So, like, they're going to make albums and put out albums that are actually what he wanted to do. And Juice World's a lot is very different, actually, from the other two that I mentioned so far, in that he's released or recorded hundreds of, if not thousands of songs. And we know this. Like, he's been on record saying that he has just a bunch of songs that just there. And these are completed songs, too. So, it makes sense. Like, I understand that his estate would want to put out that music because it's done and his fans probably want it. But they're also making sure to do it tastefully. So, although they have announced that there are going to be one other album for sure, um, maybe two. They, they're probably going to handle it much better than how X's albums have been handled. And like I mentioned at the beginning of everything, posthumous albums are not a new thing. Uh, going back to Biggie and Tupac, uh, when, well, Biggie's final album technically came out after he died, like shortly after he died, actually. Um, Life After Death, I think, came out a couple weeks after his passing. And um, for Tupac, um, the Don Culuminati Seven Day Theory came out a couple months after he passed, I believe. So those were albums that were already slated to be released. And that's a little bit different than what I'm trying to get at. So although, yes, those are technically posthumous albums. Uh, same with Pop Smoke, uh, Shoot for Stars, Aim for the Moon. That was slated to be released regardless of his passing. So you have albums like that where the artist already had the intention to release it and here it is dope uh with pop smoke it's a little bit different still but i'll get into that in a minute um but you also have like there was this time in the early 2000s like late 90s early 2000s where every other week it felt like there was a release like a new tupac release or a new biggie release because people kept unearthing these other like random verses that they did and threw them on tapes. Um, those were handled differently. I feel like a lot of those were just kind of thrown out there because they're like, oh, we got all this music. We got to do something with it. I don't know how well they were received or how well they're handled. I don't ever see anyone referencing these other Tupac and Biggie albums because they weren't that good. <laughs> like, 
I think there's a reason for that too, though. Like that people aren't talking about them because one, yeah, they weren't good. Two, they weren't released when the artist was alive and they didn't have any input in terms of the album. So it's a little different because, you know, for me, I mean, yeah, like if, if it were to happen now to another artist, like, like Juice World, let's say, I'll check it out. Sure. Will I think it's his best work? Probably not because he didn't actually have the input on that particular project. He didn't do the sequencing. He didn't like come in with a concept that's different. Um, and then going to Pop Smoke now, Shoot for Stars and for the Moon was, I believe, mostly complete. Um, it was already, like I said, already slated for release um, last year. And I think what ended up happening was 50 Cent took on the AR position for it to get it completed. And that's dope. And I think that worked really well because... Most of the project was probably done. And there are times where you can see like, oh yes, they're, they probably kind of filled in the gaps uh, with like the woo, especially. Like, I don't know if 50 Cent actually had planned for that song to come out like that. But given that Pop Smoke's verse on that song is just, it, it sounds like a freestyle on the on candy shop it it just kind of seems like he threw that in there because like oh well it's somehow related to what's happening in the song that's fine it's i think that so far they're like i like to imagine that posthumous albums have actually been handled very poorly but a lot of the ones that have been released recently have been pretty good like pop smoke's album was really good and the way it was handled was really good. Same thing with Juice World and same thing with Mac Miller's album. Um, when Circles came out, actually a year ago today? Or just about a year ago now. I forgot who, but the whole project was basically put together by someone in Mac Miller's camp. Like that was something that they were already working on. And I think what happened actually was that the album wasn't really done or there's just pieces of it and what he ended up doing was like throwing everything together and it it worked it worked I don't know if that was exactly what Mac Miller was going for but it turned out to be a beautiful project um, but yeah no like there are times at which you can do it really well like like that album for example uh, same thing with Pop Smokes now, with other artists, um, such as Sean Price, I feel like they handled it really well also, but this goes in a different direction. With this, it was kind of like he was working on other projects before he died, and they just kind of finished them up, basically, for him. Kind of similar to the Circles, I guess you could say. I only say it's a little bit different because Sean Price is in the underground and has much less of a presence for the majority of listeners. So for people in the underground, I think they're going to be a lot more critical of those sorts of projects. At least that's what my uh, thoughts of it were going into his uh, posthumous releases. But 
in my opinion, they were done really well. Um, let's see. Because the Sean Price album that just dropped last year or the year before, which one was it? The Price of Fame with Lil Fame. Yeah, that, that one and 86 Witnesses with Small Professor. Those were both done really well. Like, those projects were handled well. And, like I said, they were probably mostly done. And I think also having a album that's handled by... Or, like, a collaborative album that is with a certain producer also adds to the ability to make a solid posthumous album. Because then the producer's like, okay, we, I already know in my head what we were going for. Now let's make this a reality and let's finish the project. With the one that he did with, for, um, with Small Professor, I think what ended up happening was that they brought in a lot of features, which is totally fine. Uh, was it Small Professor or was it Little Fame? Let's see. It was Little Fame, the one with Little Fame. That one had a lot of features. So to me, that one felt like it was more, okay, he did one or two verses on most of these tracks. Let's get these features in. It's because he had, he had Conway the Machine on there. And although I'm sure Conway the Machine is aware of Sean Price and was like probably talking to him at that time before he passed away, I don't know if he would have done a song with him. So that's, you know, that's where it gets a little bit like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing. Uh, you're just trying to fill in the gaps, basically. And that actually also reminds me of when Lil Wayne did tracks with XXX after he passed away. Like on, I think it was the Carter Five. I forgot the name of the track now, but he's like, I had never heard of X before this. Like, to me, it's like, okay, all right, bro, like, Wayne's done a lot of stupid stuff. Let's just, just get that out of the way first. But getting someone on your album that had recently passed away just to say that you've never really heard him or never really listened to him is interesting. And it definitely doesn't make your music sound like it's just trying to capitalize on someone's death. That's totally not what it is. This is extreme sarcasm, if no one can tell. He most definitely just got this track because he was like, Oh, X just died and he's still hot. I'm a, I'm a capitalize on it. Like, come on now. Like, that's where things get disrespectful and I'm not a huge fan of it at all. Like, this song, like the song probably, I, I don't even remember how much I liked it. I thought it was okay, I think. But, one, the song wasn't great. But... Two, you're you're really just taking advantage of all of X's fans who were like, Oh what? X did a song with Wayne just to find out he was only on the chorus and Wayne didn't even ever talk to X. So that's where it's just alright, no, that's not appropriate. I'm not okay with that. Was it for funeral? Might have been Carter Five. I'm not sure. One of the two. Anyways, with that out of the way. I want to talk about Mad Villainy 2 a little bit. Now, the original Mad Villainy 2 was that basically a remix album. There were a couple original songs, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, but it was released 
I think four years later and basically as a as a way to hold people over for the official Mad Villainy 2 release it was basically just like I said a bunch of Mad Lib remixes of Mad Villain or Mad Villainy but with the proper Mad Villainy 2 I really think that they can go a different direction and actually make a really solid album because although Peanut Butter Wolf only has 11 tracks that are officially Mad Villain tracks. Doom and Mad Lib work together pretty frequently. Um, like I think even on Doom's last official album, Born Like This, there were a handful of songs that were produced by Mad Lib himself. So we're like it's safe to assume that there's a lot of other music out there. Not necessarily that was originally meant for Mad Villainy but music that they had worked on together. And even if it was for Mad Villainy, they maybe just didn't submit it to Stone's Throw for whatever reason. So there's always that possibility. And I really hope that Mad Lib has, if, if, they, if they decide to release it, I hope Mad Lib is okay with it, first of all, because it is his, half, half of it is his project, but also I want him to be in full control of it because Madlib probably knows Doom best, like, in terms of music. Like, I mean, maybe. I mean, he, Madlib is one of those people that knows him well, let's say that. So, if we ever get Mad Villainy 2, I want Madlib to be the one who goes in and finishes everything up. I don't want anyone else's hands on it. I don't want extra features on it, if it can be avoided. But, you know, like, I'm sure Madlib would be able to handle it well. And I don't know if we'll ever get it released because I think apparently he had a project with Mac Miller too, if I'm not mistaken, and that's that's not coming out. But I don't know if it was a full project. I think they were just working on it and there's a couple songs. So that's a different that's a whole different story, I guess. With but also with Mad Villain, I know Apparently, Freddie Gibbs and Doom were working on something as well. Like they were, ha- <laughs> I think Do- uh, Gibbs said it was like a a battle rap tape, basically just them rapping at each other. Because Doom or because Mad Mad Gibbs, because Freddie Gibbs went on and basically said, "Yo, I'm a better rapper than Doom." Like it would have fit so well. I don't know. We might get that. Who knows? I hope we do. There's there's a lot of music out there. Because even Flylo was supposed to be doing something with Doom. And if that is the case, that's amazing. I know we have that track that he did for GTA 5, but like that's one track. We can't just have a single track. We need more. <laughs> we don't need it, but it's nice to have if it's out there. But yeah, I think the people that Doom worked with respect him enough to not just... Sh- not just put out albums for the money they're gonna put out the albums as a tribute or in remembrance of him like they are people who really did respect him and people who really liked doom like they were fans of doom like everyone i mean you know when he passed away everyone came out of the woodwork saying how much they loved him so everyone who has worked with him have great respect for him now, I don't know what's going to happen 
I don't think we're going to get Mad Villainy 2 this year. If we do, great. I don't want it to be rushed. I want it to be whenever they're ready. Um, because, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think people have really high expectations for. Or they're going to have high expectations for because of how well revered the original Mad Villainy was. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Speaking of revering people, um, someone I forgot to bring up was Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey hasn't had any posthumous albums come out, which is interesting. They He has been, like, the few features that he's done um, have come out. Like, with I think DJ Khaled had one, Big Sean had one. There's a few features out there that he had and he had ready to go. So actually the Big Sean one's kind of a kind of weird to me. I'm not a huge fan of how they did that cuz Hey Boy just had that verse on that beat and he was like, "Yo, I need someone else on it." I Yeah, that's a whole that's another conversation. But because Nipsey owned everything of his own, I'm sure if they were ever to release another project or another album, like they would do it well because there's no other hands in that in that process. It's all just Nipsey and that well Lauren London really. Like she's going to be the one that's going to handle it or have to handle it, I would assume. And it's great because then all the money actually goes to the people who are involved and his family, basically. Whether or not that's a thing across the board for the other releases that we've seen, that's debatable. I mean, a lot of these have been released on like major record labels. Like all the Tupac ones have been released on Interscope. Don't think anyone in his estate's getting anything from those. But, you know... With Nipsey in particular, I think it's going to be handled the best. Like, there's no labels that are trying to really capitalize on whatever's left. Because it's been almost two years and we haven't really gotten any... We haven't gotten an album release. Which is great. I'm totally fine with that. But yeah. I think in general, at least in the last few years, posthumous albums have been handled really well. They've been handled with a lot of respect. Um, at least for the artists that were well-respected to begin with. Um, yeah, take that how you <laughs> how you want. But I think that's all I got. The main point of me talking about this was really just to put into the world that I hope that Whenever they want to release Mad Villainy 2, they do it well, and they do it respectfully. But, you know, we'll see. That's all I got for you guys this time. Let me know in the comments below what you think of posthumous releases, whether or not they're cash grabs or not, and what your, I mean, I guess what your favorite posthumous album release is. Like, there's been so many recently, which is really terrible that we've seen so many people pass away, but hey, still good music for the most part. Yeah, also like and subscribe if you want to see more content and podcasts like this one. Thank you for watching and please stay safe out there.